a lot of times people will say, well, you know, Michelle, the reason I struggle with food is I love to eat, but they then describe eating in a way that really suggests that they're not really paying attention. They'll say, oh, but it just tastes so good. Well, after you're satiated or sated, you're really just eating a memory. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth, and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? Dr. Vikram Raya is a functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert, is here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life, unlock your limitless potential, and achieve greatness, all while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limitless MD. I have Michelle May. She's going to talk to us about mindful eating and programs on how to really take back control of our fascination with food and really enjoy our food and be uh, present when we're eating versus just gobbling things down. And you may be wondering, why the heck is this even important? Well, it's super important when you want to talk about obesity, diabetics, people with bariatric surgery and other types of patients. But, And I also am so impressed with the fact that Michelle left her successful career as a family physician and really went out and started to pursue her passions and combined all of that into coaching, training, and really creating a movement and a mission, if I had to be honest, to really shift how we eat across the world. So, Michelle, welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here and so glad to share this with you. Yeah, absolutely. So tell me the origin story. How did it all start? Well, I began struggling with food way back before I was even a teenager. And I struggled with my eating. I had disordered eating and probably an undiagnosed eating disorder, if I if I really am honest as well, uh, all the way through high school, college, through medical school, and into my medical practice. And honestly, it wasn't until I kept hearing the same story from my patients over and over again that I thought, wait a minute, this isn't just me. I realized that so many of us were struggling with yo-yo dieting, weight cycling, and disordered eating. So I began to develop a program to help after I figured out what helped me. And surprisingly, it was to stop dieting, to stop focusing on weight as the outcome, and to really heal my relationship with food, which kind of sounds woo-woo, but in truth, dieting just takes people further and further from really knowing how to manage their eating effortlessly. And so now what I do with all of my time is help people learn how to make decisions about eating that don't require them to look things up or write things down or step on a scale to measure their success. Let's get right into it. If I have, you know, a, a physician, perhaps even who's struggling with weight, uh, perhaps as a female physician in their 40s, they've done everything, all the diets out there, they work out, they go to Orange Theory, but they just can't get rid of this weight. Mm -hmm. What's sort of the top three things that come to mind when you see that kind of person? The first thing is to stop focusing on the weight. For many people, it's a symptom, not the main problem. For some people, it's not even a problem at all. It's a cultural pressure to look a certain way, which has really contributed to this disordered eating that I work with so often. And then most important is to begin to tap back in 
to your own instinctive ability to manage your eating. You know, all of us, we did peds and and newborn care as in medical school. Maybe you do that in your career. And as we know, children are born with the instinctive ability to let us know when they're hungry and to stop eating when they're full. And many people in our culture have completely lost this ability to measure, I call it your own fuel gauge, you know, like driving a car, you wouldn't pull off every time you see a gas station, you'd you'd check your fuel gauge. And I think many people have lost that ability to do that. And instead, they're following some arbitrary rules, or they're eating whatever they want, because they're stressed or tired. And then they feel guilty and then they promise they're going to make up for it. So they might as well finish it all and start over tomorrow. I mean, it's just this endless, I call it the eat, repent, repeat cycle. Mm, That's right. That's right. So it sounds like, uh, you know, stop the weight, uh, stop using weight as your metric. Uh, Really, in some cultures, you know, different body habituses are what people are seeking and maybe that's not what you need to seek and then the final one seems to be the using the innate power of food because if you eat real food it it technically should fill you up because it you know it expands in your stomach and it creates these signals and then perhaps we're not even in tune in tune to those signals either because we're like we have to graze all day we're on restricted time restricted diet and intermittent fasting diet we're on a certain calorie diet and we're just um, artificially doing what that that outside source is selling versus listening to our bodies so how do you correct this well so you named it it's uh, everything that people are trying often is outside in you tell me the rules i'll try to do that for as long as i can what mindful eating is about is inside out So we're tapping into our own awareness. And a really simple thing you can do is whenever you feel like eating, pause for a moment and ask yourself, am I hungry? In other words, what is my fuel gauge telling me right now? So if you are hungry, then that takes us down a path of how hungry are you? What are you hungry for? What does your body need? eating it mindfully, stopping when you're satisfied, and then using that energy to live the big vibrant life you crave. If you aren't hungry, that's important information too, because it's likely that you're bored, stressed, lonely, angry, or maybe deprived of the foods that you love. And those and thousands of other triggers can cause people to become disconnected from their ability to manage their eating. So I really work with people and I also teach other health and wellness professionals how to work with people to get back in touch with their own innate ability to manage their eating and more important, meet their other needs in more effective ways than food. And this sounds to be more of uh, intelligent awareness that you're sort of helping people regain. But let me ask you a question. I know there's ghrelin, there's all these, you know, hormones of satiety as well. Mm-hmm. There's also this cravings that people have, these insatiable cravings that, you know, can trigger binges and things like that. And, you know, um, how, how, how do you address some of the biochemistry and the hormonal strategies beyond maybe the mindset? Well, I, I think they're all important, but what I try to work with with people is what they're in charge of. 
because your body is going to respond naturally as it does to the forces in the environment. And one of the forces, by the way, is restriction and deprivation. Evolutionarily, we were all designed to be able to survive famine. And so when we over-restrict our diet, it triggers a cascade of physiological and psychological reactions that cause us to crave food more, to uh, eat more when we finally get food. The hedonic effects of food are heightened and our metabolism changes. Ghrelin and leptin change, our bodies change. So for many people, they end up in this vicious cycle of of eating more than their body needs and then restricting and then reinforcing that protective mechanism. So what we want to do is step back and instead of trying to micromanage all of these things, we really take charge of what we're in charge of, which is our conscious decisions, which is why mindful eating is such a powerful and amazing a way to approach eating that doesn't cause people to spend all of this time paying attention to the food they're, you know, the food they're consuming, obsessing about what time it is and how many calories they burned on the treadmill, but to literally use food as a life force that brings joy and pleasure and connection, but not use it for all of these other things that we've learned to use it for. In your book, Eat What You Love and Love What You Eat, um, I know you've you've presented some of this information in there. What's sort of the underlying message of the book or maybe some of the main themes that people would get out of it by reading it? Well, the first chapter is called In Charge, Not In Control. And the whole point of that is that we're really not in control of everything that's going on around of, around us, but we're in charge of how we respond to that. So I introduced the mindful eating cycle, very simple decision-making tool that allows the clinician or the client or patient themselves to see where they are in the decision-making process. So literally noticing when they feel like eating and figuring out why, and then making conscious decisions about what they eat without obsession and deprivation, but really using the feedback that their body gives them about whether this was a good choice for them or not. I I think this is something that's really missing in a lot of approaches to food is we're, we're not paying attention to how we feel after we eat. I think we have a lot more awareness. I'm not saying that you automatically know nutrition information. There's a place for that as well. But it first, you have to have a healthy relationship with food. And so many people have an unhealthy relationship with food. So nutrition information just piles on. So I try to get a clean slate first, and then we can introduce some gentle nutrition principles. Yeah, I love what you're saying about um, sort of the, the foundational work you're doing there. And it reminds me of uh, the thought process of using data to make decisions. So you're saying postprandial data is intelligence that your body's sending, signals that are sending. And if our brain is attuned to it and our mind is attuned to it, it gives us sort of uh, reinforcements or it reminds us, hey, perhaps that's not the right thing. Feedback. Exactly. That's precisely right. So if I've eaten too much, I feel uncomfortably full. I'm I'm not energetic. I don't feel like doing anything. I might be regretful, but I didn't break any rules. So I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to make up for it or pay penance. 
but I can use that feedback to help me with future decision-making. Similarly, our body gives us feedback about what we need emotionally as well. So if you can think of an emotion as a way that your body is telling you that you need something, one of the things that I do is help people learn how to interpret emotions. So the easy ones are, okay, I'm bored. I need something to do. Sometimes when people don't pause to notice that they feel like eating because they're bored and then they eat something and they feel better for a little while and then they're bored again, so they have to eat some more. And so if I can help them recognize, oh, wait, no, this isn't hunger. This isn't a need for food. This isn't even, you know, oh, that would taste good. This is, I want something to do. Now, how can I meet that need? And I could also assume probably environmental triggers like, walking past the cookie jar the you know like uh oh i always need something sweet at the end of my meal like all these cultural things and environmental triggers can create some of this and so it's just sort of unpacking a lot of that and just becoming more just aware even and then helps make better decisions but let's 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 shift gears here um let's talk about like actually how to be mindful when you're eating like we've talked about sort of the general picture of it all but like there's a meal in front of me right now. And if I'm going to bite into it, is there a way to think about the food? Is it to savor it? Is it to chew a certain number of times? Can you help us unpack some of that? Yeah. So that's one approach to mindful eating. And that's probably one of the more common approaches. If you go out on the internet and look that up, people will talk about the physical act of eating. For me, that's one piece of the puzzle. It is one of the decisions in the mindful decision in the mindful eating cycle for decision making, but it's only one piece. Mindful eating starts long before food ever hits your lips. Mm -hmm. So what, what I recommend that people do is insert a pause between wanting to eat and starting to eat. And in that pause, start to notice uh, we teach a body, mind, heart scan a way of looking at what the physical sensations are, what thoughts you're having and what emotional sensations you're having, and then figure out, is this actually hunger or is this something else? By the time you decide to eat, then yes, eating mindfully is really, really helpful, but we don't want to make that prescriptive either. Chewing a, you know, chewing a bite of food 32 times or having to eat in complete silence actually doesn't bring more enjoyment. It just brings more obsession. And we're trying to break that part of the cycle of this obsession of trying to do everything perfectly and instead bring awareness of multi-sensory or sensuous experience to the act of eating, smelling, tasting, savoring, noticing the ingredients, putting your fork down so you're only eating one bite at a time, not distracting yourself by mechanically mechanically loading the next forkful. And of course, tuning in periodically to check in to see where your sensations of satiety are as well. Right. Like the first bite is usually amazing. Second bite is pretty good. And by the third, fourth bite, you sort of are doing okay. And then now you're just eating for fuel at, at that point. And then, the, and, and if you continue yeah. to eat beyond that, I, t I often tell people you're just eating a memory. You're eating what you remembered the food tasted oh, like wow. at the beginning or what you want it to taste like. It's not going to taste that good again until you're hungry again. Mm -hmm. And that's something that mindfulness or awareness can help you recognize before you've gone past let's, the point. Michelle, let's let's say that one more time. That was a really powerful statement. I love that. 
So go ahead. Yeah. So a lot of times people will say, well, you know, Michelle, the reason I struggle with food is I love to eat, but they then describe eating in a way that really suggests that they're not really paying attention. They'll say, oh, but it just tastes so good. Well, after you're satiated or sated, you're really just eating a memory. You're eating a memory of what food tasted like at the beginning when you were hungry it's not going to taste that good again until you're hungry again. So interrupting the meal, saving the rest for lunch tomorrow will allow you to eat the food that you love and enjoy it a second time rather than eating it all and then being regretful afterward. Okay, that's really powerful. Um, for for some of the people who probably don't have anything as severe going on, but really just want to start incorporating some of this, even people who are already successful and have a good weight and really happy, but they want to add this uh, layer of mindfulness to their eating. What are sort of the top tips? Well, first of all, let me say that actually many of the people I work with are very successful in other areas of their lives. This happens to be an area that stymies them, that frustrates them because they feel like they should be able to control this. And in fact, when it comes to health and wellness professionals, there's a double whammy because they know so much about the human <laughs> body. They're smart, they're intelligent, they're successful. So why can't they get a hold of this? So whether you're on just the end of wanting to improve your eating and enjoy it more, or the end where you're really struggling, some really simple tools. So my favorite definition of mindful eating is eating with intention and attention. Mm. Intention and attention. In other words, eating with purpose and awareness. So my favorite intention when I eat is to feel better when I'm done than I did when I started. I want to feel better when, I, when I'm done than I did when I started. And so that means I need to be hungry when I start or food won't satisfy me. I want to eat in a way that brings uh, uh, experience and, and memory and enjoyment of the food. And then I want to stop before I'm overly full and then I want to use the energy that I've consumed to live the best possible life I can. That is what creates a successful eating cycle. So having purpose and then using your awareness to notice where you are. And, and if you do make a mistake, don't miss the lesson. No guilt, no shame. Oh, I ate more than I needed. I feel overly full. Where did I get off track? What could I do differently next time? I like the purpose of, uh intention and attention i think that's a good um thing for people to uh remember and then yeah we never think about what's the purpose of eating like you know like we just eat sometimes and so it's it's interesting that hey i want to feel better after i finished than when i started and i want to have memories and experiences i mean it's really creating a sophisticated view of eating and a really powerful view of eating versus just a rudimentary you know, animalistic task we do <laughs> just to like scarf food down well, and we'll keep and moving. So many people are, you know, not, not just scarfing, but on the other end of the spectrum, constantly worried about what they're eating and is it too mm -hmm. much? And, oh, they made a mistake or that's a bad food, but I really want it. Or that's everybody else is eating it. Can I, you know, it, it it's just taken on a life of its own. It's not a healthy approach. I think there's a much more balanced approach where we can truly eat to balance nourishment and enjoyment. 
that is available to us if we can break the cycle of restricting, depriving, binging, feeling guilty, and then starting over again. You know, uh, I'm sure you're going to get a lot of interest in people trying to learn more about your programs and how you've trained people across the country. Um, What's sort of the best way for people to learn more about what you have to offer? Well, our website is amihungry.com, right? (laughs) Makes sense. Am I hungry? Uh, And on that homepage, if you scroll, you'll find a number of different resources. Close to the bottom, you can download the first chapter of Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat and look at that mindful eating cycle. That would be a great place to start, whether you yourself want help with your eating or you're a professional who wants to help others. That mindful eating cycle will give you a great template a nice blueprint for beginning to think more deeply about why people eat, not just what they eat. Guys, go to the, the website, amihungry.com and, and download that first chapter of Eat What You Love, Love What You Eat, that eating mindful cycle. I think it'd be very powerful, you know, just even having it in your kitchen or, you know, in, in your clinic uh, and just adding that one layer of discussion on top of all the stuff you're you're coaching your patients on maybe the thing that gets them over, you know, whatever they're trying to deal with. So uh, really powerful stuff, Michelle. Thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, I I think (laughs) when I go eat my lunch, which is delayed today, I'm going to be more mindful. (laughs) Definitely. Wonderful. (laughs) I hope you do enjoy it. um, But thank you so much. And guys, thanks again for supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. Continue to spread the word. And until next time, be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. Until next time, be phenomenal. Be phenomenal.